Welcome to the Melt Hammer Podcast. It is episode 66. I'm Mel and I'm here once again with Owen Alice. Hello. Hi. Hi. How the devil are you? 66. Almost 66. 66. I know. Quite. Two thirds of the way to Satanic. Kind of. Not, sort of, in, not, not in maths, in maths but you know what I mean. Yeah, almost. Yeah, to look at. Yeah. Brilliant. We've uh, <laughs> got loads to talk about this week. Big festival announcements, uh, stuff to do with Sabbath, Opeth, um, some banging reader questions as well. Um, and someone spending stupid money on pizza plates because people were strange. Uh, in the meantime, though, you guys went to a gig this week. Am yeah, right I went to see Castonia yeah. playing Night is the New Day. It's, a oh, it's the 10th anniversary. Great album. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I it forgot was... they were doing that. <laughs> oh, I've been talking about it for weeks, Merlin. I know, but I forgot that they were doing that album because, yes, yeah, God, is it really 10 years? It is. Jesus. Yeah. So that was at the Islington Assembly Hall, which we spoke about a few podcasts yeah, no, back, which is kind of like a, yeah, it's like a big assembly hall, it's sort of a two-tier venue, uh, pretty big stage, not sure of the capacity, and it was just a really nice gig. Um, they opened, it was Wheel that opened, the band Wheel. Oh, you're into them, aren't you? I am, They're yes. the kind of tall one. Yeah, they sound a bit like tall, and they were good. It kind of sounded like them playing the album, but that's not a bad thing. They didn't do anything okay. particularly crazy. <clears throat> um, guitarist slash backing vocalist is from somewhere in the UK and he was being excited about being in his hometown which is cool uh, but yeah check out Wheel listen to them it's, it's good it's like a sort of rockier tool um, and then very <laughs> <That's> succinct <laughs> and then tool but rocky that's all you need to know exactly and then Sella Darling played did you see them? nope so, um, <laughs> where were you? I didn't see Alice the whole time. Oh, really? I was at home drinking, and then I turned up bang on time for the. You got your you got your your band. game uh, yeah. <laughs> your gig game nailed basically. You didn't want to hang out with any of us. That was what no. It was. I just I knew all the set times, and my friend missed down. Not um, got time for support bands. So, anyway, Sarah <laughs> Darling played, if you don't know them, they're half of Alluviati, basically. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think Alluviati. it's Elevati, but I don't actually know. It's hard to say. Anyway. The, the, the kind of really heavy, bombastic folk metal band. E-L-U-V-E-I-T-I-E. Yeah, I, can yeah. Never, I never know how to say that band. But yeah, I mean, they are not my thing, I'll be honest. But um, they did a good job with the second support slot. It's, uh, so Sarah Darling are kind of more folky, aren't they? They are. They're a folk, like less metal. A folk metal band. But folk metal, I'd almost say they're folk progressive metal. It's more introspective than kind of out and out metal. It's not, it's not like Fintral, put it that way. <laughs> not like Hurdy Gurdy, <laughs> let's drink and have a lovely time. Metal. They have got a Hurdy Gurdy. Oh shit. So Anna, their vocalist, she plays the Hurdy Gurdy and she's cool. <clears throat> Um, she's obviously, it feels like it's sort of a band between her and Synth Man. Uh, there's a guy on the synth. <laughs> I'm quickly looking Shit up what he's called. Synth Man. <laughs> um, so, he yeah. plays the synth, it's fine. It's fine. So he was, they were kind of like nodding to each other and they sort of had a dynamic going on. And then it felt like the guitarists and the drummer were sort of shoved over to the side of the stage a bit, just kind of playing in another band almost so it was a bit weird it was a slightly strange dynamic there but Anna was cool um, the hurdy-gurdy kind of really blended into the music well it's sort of like got a drone sound and a keys sound at the same time and she was like properly headbanging and everything she was like throwing her hair around playing the hurdy-gurdy so 
I they're not really for me I find them a bit too meandering it's not so immediate and you know like I said before I'm a bit of a basic bitch of metal so (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you can really say that when you're at a Castatonia (laughs) gig not necessarily my favourite thing but um, the people there in the crowd were having a lovely time so well done to them so how about the headliners because that album is uh, it is my favourite Catatonia album I didn't realise it was it was widely considered significant enough for them to warrant a gig to celebrate it though if you know what I mean yeah yeah no I think it was more like the management wanted them to do it and they sort of said why not and they've been on hiatus recently so it's actually quite a big deal for them to come back and I was really pleased that they were doing this because that's for me that sort of seems like a sign of things to come you know like if they can all get together and play in a room and enjoy it hopefully that bodes well for future releases was there a problem in the camp then I think it was more not a specific problem in the camp I think it was more generally just you know if you're on the road and you're making records it can be tiring and you want to have a break and sort your life out that kind of thing so I don't think it was any big massive drama it was just a life thing kind of let's take a break sort of a deal um, but it's just really, really good record, and they just played it really well. And Jonas, the singer, obviously, when I first saw him, he used to sing and through his hair. He used to kind of not want to look at the crowd and <laughs> sort of have his hair in front of his face. It really confused me when you said that. I thought, how you know, you people sing through their throat or through their nose. Yeah. I was like, how do you sing through your hair? No, it wasn't a <laughs> technique. It was that he just didn't want to be on the stage because Catatonia started out as a studio band, so it just wasn't his thing. But this record is the record where he came more into his own and he started to appreciate touring and he started to appreciate the feedback from the crowd and understand that it could be something that was enjoyable. And it was really nice to see him play this record. And, you know, he's not going to be like a David Draymond or something who is a showman and is, like, <laughs> revelling in being... Well, I can't think of many frontmen that are further <laughs> away from David Draymond, to got, be honest. I'm trying to just pick someone who is very much... I'm. The, the sense of it and I'm performing as yeah, a show. Yeah, he's not a natural you know. performer. He's not, he doesn't do that. He's very much himself. And he was performing in a, a big jumper as well. I was like, he must be very hot. But <laughs> he's, it was just great to see him enjoying it and performing to people. And it was just really nice because back in the day, that was something that he wasn't really comfortable with. And you can tell he is comfortable with it now in his, he's made it work for him. And the songs just sound amazing. Like the open with Forsaker, that was written between him and Anders. And that's just, comes in so hard that's one of the heavier ones on the record and it's just that really bleak sound that pulls you in mm. um, obviously there's quite a lot of ballads on that record too but never once did my attention wane it was just captured throughout and they had two massive cannons one each side of the stage and we we're like is it going to be confetti for Catatonia that's a bit random but it was they shot it out at the end wow it was some sort of glittery silver that's a turn. looking confetti so I guess they wanted to do things something special for It'll our be anniversary Beach Balls next <laughs> telling you but yeah I really enjoyed it it was just a really nice gig like everyone there is obviously well into the record and they just played it so well and it just seemed like a real celebration of the music and if you haven't heard Night is a New Day go and listen oh to it because it's, it's great it's brooding it's doomy it's heavy it's so it's emotional great. yeah it's just love it awesome yeah. anything to add to that Alice? Um, not really. Um, it was a really, really good gig. I loved it. Um, and they're re-releasing the album as well. Are they? Um, like a special edition, like box set thing. Ooh. So that looks really shiny. And I did interview the singer. Um, so that will be coming soon. Nice. I also nicely. I also spoke to them for Sister Magazine Prague. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Prague. Get off our bands. Jesus Christ. 
Can't really. I suppose can't turn you around that metal anymore. They not in a bad way. I'm not in a bad, just aesthetically. They are. They are. They're just, uh, yeah. They really are. More progressive. I'm not having... Uh, prog can't take them. We're just no. going to have to share them. That's <laughs> yeah, what it is. No, Shares. Yeah. Uh, wow. Glad you had a lovely time. I really did. I, I really loved it. Come back soon, please. <laughs> if, if you're listening um, Metal Hammer uh, that's us by the way have launched a brand new partnership with Deezer uh, big streaming heavyweights um, that are doing a lot in the metal scene and we are getting involved with them on that uh, so head over to metalhammer.com now to read all about it there's loads of cool stuff going on exclusive podcasts and interviews and all sorts of rad shit uh, so yeah, head over to metalhammer.com now to read all about that loads going on in the news this week just as we pretty much sat in here to record this here very podcast, uh, Glastonbury announced their their full lineup with um, I think we counted seventy nine stages or something in the end, didn't we? It's an exhausting list. It is an exhausting. Exhausting. Someone say exhaustive. Exhaustive yeah. and exhausting. <laughs> um, and they just casually added "Bring Me the Horizon" and "Baby Metal" to the bill. Yes, they have. How just about that? Dropped in the middle of a stage. It's not even a metal <laughs> stage they're playing. It's just a normal. No, they're playing stage. on the other stage, which is the second stage. Um, not the most imaginative name, but it's always been called that. <laughs> uh, and the, the other stage is, um, in terms of the the area in front of it and the size of the stage itself, I mean, it's not far off most festival main stages, so it's still quite a big it's not. Uh, big old stage. And it's the that. kind of stage where people will just park themselves in front of it for a whole day if they can't be bothered exactly. to walk around. Exactly, yeah, because if, you, if you've been to Glastonbury, we talked about it a, a bit more length a few weeks ago, but um, it's, it's big, so I think uh, there'll be a few metal fans camped out on the other stage on the Sunday afternoon, I think they're playing. Mm. So that'll be interesting. Um, so yeah, really cool to see that we were kind of talking about whether Glastonbury is, is just ghettoising metal and, and whether it will kind of be kept in its small little corner of the of the festival and potentially not given the amount of exposure that a lot of other genres and scenes are but um, yeah that's a, that's a big slot and they're back to back on there as well so that's a proper good couple of hours of heavy music that Glastonbury's going to get treated to and I imagine uh, Bring Me have played it before so I'm sure they'll go down swell um, I think Baby Metal will go down an absolute fucking storm at Glastonbury I think so too I don't think it's the kind of place where they'd want to do this because Glastonbury is sort of you know, making a statement with your own band, but I'd love to see a collaboration. <laughs> It'd be so cool. Oh, could you imagine? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they both bands would be up for that. I can. I'm sure that uh, you know, there's some mutual respect there. Um, and that will be pre their Bravey Metals gig at Brixton, so that'll be their first UK gig with two the, the, the Tweets lineup. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. So a good opportunity to see what Baby Metal, I guess, 2.0 looks like. Yeah interesting times uh, and if you are interested in the, in all the other editions because there are about a bazillion of them um, some less heavy than others I'll admit uh, go to myhammer.com now to check it out what else is going on? don't know you tell me fine I will <laughs> going to throw it to you take it straight back uh, well uh, Ozzy Osbourne has said on record that he would like to do one last Black Sabbath gig with Bill Ward Obviously, Bill wasn't part of the the final album and reunion tour, despite initially supposing to be involved in it all. Um, contract disputes and all that kind of stuff scuppered it. Uh, would we want 
one more Sabbath gig with Bill Ward. We talked about them potentially doing a Birmingham show or something yeah, if the opportunity yeah. came up, wouldn't we? So and we'll be up for that. And Home of Metal's come back to Birmingham as well, the exhibition all about metal. And I think That's this, it, this yeah. time around it's exclusively focused on Black Sabbath. So if they did something tying in with that, that would be super cool. I'd be, I'd be really up for it. I think, um, I mean, especially given how good Ozzy's been live in the last couple of years, weirdly since the Sabbath. I mean, he, he was pretty good on a few of the final Sabbath runs, but uh, the solo shows he's done since over last year and the year before that were really, really strong. Um, and you kind of just want them to put it behind them. Like, it's just, you know... Yeah, it'd be nice how to long, see. How long can you really sort of have a dispute with someone for life's too short? Do you know what I mean? It'd be kind of good if they just could do that and sort of move on from it and yeah. leave it in a sort of good way it's a funny thing how these things seem to work with big veteran bands because all the members have pretty much to what I can see said it's been pretty like friendly in terms yeah. of between the actual members and it's yeah. all just business I think exactly some that, of them yeah. have, have actually appeared together at stuff to yeah. pick up awards and stuff like that yeah um, I might be wrong there, but I'm no, pretty no, sure. No, you are right. There's no, I don't think there seems to be any sort of bad blood as such. It's just that it, it's could, just it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's any kind of real ill will there that could stop it happening. And I think I would definitely take it happening. I mean, the, the, I saw some something. I don't know if it was just a random rumor someone threw up or something the band would like to do. But someone said it would be cool if they could do the. Um, the the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in 2022 Mm. Um, so that's quite far ahead Uh, and I could imagine that anything any lingering issues could have been maybe put to bed by then but it would be great I I would definitely love to see Black Sabbath do one last gig with Bill I would do everything I could to go to it I think it would be a really nice full stop which you don't get many of I think that's what I was trying to get at yeah you just articulated it better than me okay (laughs) <laughs> um, have we seen the the cover art to the new Opeth album? Yes. What yeah. do we think? I love it. Do you? Yes, because it looks like a murder mystery. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, that's why I thought. I thought Cluedo. Because yeah. I love murder mysteries. Mysterious people in top <laughs> hats behind windows and stuff. Better it? than a good murder mystery. Well, I've always wanted to go to one of the proper murder mystery weekends where you go to a hotel and oh, everyone's yeah, yeah. dressed up and you have dinner and like somebody is murdered and you have to find out who. I've only ever done the ones before, like Cluedo or like the ones where you have to pretend to be a character but you're yeah. just like in your own house or something. Like it was Professor Great with a spanner or yeah, something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that Opeth album cover, to describe it, it's like a manor house and there's somebody at each window and there's a horse, a couple of horses outside and it looks sort of Victorian, doesn't it? It does look, yeah, spookily mm. Victorian. Um, the album is called Incorda Venunum. Incorda Venunum. Some Latin shit. Incorda <laughs> Venunum. Incorda I Venunum. I looked it up. Banana. It means poison in the tail. Ooh. Which kind of is quite a murder mystery, actually. Yeah. Tail like wagon a tail or story? or story? I don't know. Oh, tail like wagon a tail. It's spelled like that. Okay, oh. cool. Really? That's interesting. Poison in the tail. Because that sounds like that should be a Scorpion's album title. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's why it's in Latin, <laughs> isn't it? Because it would sound wrong. It sounds more <laughs> It's like, oh, we're going to call this poison in the tail, but uh, what's that in Latin? <laughs> yeah, that works. That works. But actually, that kind of goes with my murder mystery theory. Well, yeah, quite possibly. Um, The album will be out in autumn via Nuclear Blast. I guess, as always, um, for most fans of the heavier persuasion, the question will be whether Opeth are going to continue on their big 
proggy voyage of discovery or whether we'll see some more traditional some would say better elements of open i <laughs> would say <laughs> i'm 99 percent sure it's going to be a prog album yeah probably. i feel like you weren't too keen on that cover artwork by your face uh, no, I thought it was quite cool. Okay. I thought it was much better than the, the one where they had all their heads in tree. Yeah, that was, that was super prog. Yeah, that was super prog. I think this one still looks progish, but um, I don't know really. We we'll just have to see. Opeth are one of those bands where they kind of get a get out of jail free card, quite rightly so, because they spent so many years being an incredible metal, uh, an incredible metal band that when they moved on to being a really decent, slightly different band, um, metal fans still kind of went with them. Yeah, and also they still like... Feel part, they still kind of are considered very much part of our world, probably over anyone else's, even though Michael Ackerfeld doesn't seem to be the biggest fan of metal in 2019. Yeah, definitely. But they can also do what they want, so it doesn't matter what we think. That is uh, that is the B.O. and then the... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someone else read the thing out because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go for a nap in the corner? We're on deadline. Allow me. Oh well, someone has apparently bought a pizza plate used by Kurt Cobain for twenty two thousand dollars. What the yeah. fuck is that about? So that's quite a lot more expensive than the pizza it would have originally held. <laughs> we assume. We assume. Uh, I have not seen think, a picture of it. I think something else went as well. What I is it? it? Was, was it like a paper plate? Something. I mean, a jumper I get. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. What kind of pizza plate was it? Was it like a paper plate with like... Small... It was a paper plate, yeah, okay. with like a sort of grease mark from the pizza. Right. What, <laughs> do you, know when, do you know when he ate the pizza? Um, I'm, I'm assuming early 90s. <laughs> Probably before 1994, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um... I mean, what's so what's happened here? Somebody in the early nineties spotted Kurt Cobain eating at a pizzeria and just gone in twenty five years. This is going to be worth some serious money. How what do the you fuck is that authentic- about? How do you authenticate it? I, I know. know it was in an That's a really good question. There were loads of like stuff. There's loads of stuff from different rock stars. It, but is it like something where? Because you obviously said he was in a pizzeria. He, it could have been anywhere. Yeah. Is it something it's like where, more like in a festival? Or something? It, yeah. Or if they'd made yeah at a festival where if, if there's evidence of him using that plate, like he's being interviewed and eating at the same time, or they're playing a festival and there's footage of him backstage, you could go, that's the pizza plate. But other than that. How do you know it says? That's what wow. I want to know. Uh, it's a question I can't answer. I hope no. it, is it, did it raise money for charity or who's made yeah, money off this? I can't remember. Um, sorry. <laughs> I think wow. it might have been for something specific. <laughs> Maybe a charity. Um, it, it was for something. It was like a lot of rock stars were involved. Well, not It was at an auction specific. house. I'm going to check this rock on metalhammer.com right now. Uh, it's a week auction at New York Times Square. Yeah. Oh, he wrote a set list on a pizza plate. This makes more oh, sense, well that, guys. That's cooler. Yeah, and also that's because cooler. that's obviously how you know it's his because he wrote on it. I feel like, you know, we were missing these details, but now it's become clear. I'm also on uh, metalhammer.com. Uh, yeah, I still can't see if it raised money for anything. But um, yeah, I mean, a pizza plate that he's written a set list on is actually quite cool. I, that would be an amazing thing to have in your house. Yeah, and the, yeah. Card, the cardigan he wore at his final photo shoot was sold for $75,000. Fuck me. Yeah. That is a lot of money. It says... That is literally a house. It says, The shoot was meant to take place in Central Park in New York City, 
but due to Cobain being sick just hours before, the shoot was relocated to the basement of the hotel where the band was staying. Cobain showed up three hours late to the shoot and immediately asked for a bucket due to his nausea. That doesn't sound good, does it? No, it doesn't. Hmm. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's made someone very happy in their own um, way, I yeah. guess. If you have £22,000 to chuck at a pizza plate, good then, for yeah. you. Great. Um, nothing more to say on that, really. No. <laughs> uh, although I do want pizza now. Um, have we seen the video for Auslander? No, and I'm no. really annoyed because I just opened the tab and completely forgot to watch it, and this is like something I would love to watch. Also, why haven't I watched it yet? Well, that's the question. Yes. So uh, this is talking about Ramstein have just um, released the the third video off of their self-titled new album, which le- which dropped um, a couple of weeks back, uh, and it is for Auslander. Kind of got um, a colonialism vibe. It's got. Right, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, uh, lots of boobies and people dancing around yeah, and having a lovely time. And then Ramstein rock up in a dinghy, and um, um, I saw that stuff happens. Take over the indigenous population of this island. That's that's kind foreigners. of that's kind of the vibe I assume it's going mm. for. Um, once again, I think there's probably a bit of a historically introspective vibe going on here. Um, but yeah. It's another it's controversial a, video. <laughs> it will probably be a controversial video, yes. I think it's only just dropped, so there's probably a few people sharpening their hot takes on it right now. But, uh, yeah, you can go check that out via mohammed.com as well. It is very, very interesting. And, uh, you know, I think it's great that we've got a band around who are making us all talk about what's going on in their new video again. Mm-hmm. More of that, please. More of that, bands. Take risks. Do mad shit. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Elle's literally watching it as we watching her facial expressions change as she goes through the outside of the video it's very entertaining so yeah doesn't look like how it sounds no is it no no it does not um, yeah, banger of a song though lyrically that is uh, I can see where that would go absolutely mm, interesting shall we take some reader questions okay yeah Go to www.facebook.com forward slash Metalhammer Readers to join in and talk to us and ask us questions for this podcast oh. or whenever you feel like there's it. There's a what? lion doing something now. Oh, yeah. there's a <laughs> Yeah, there's lions in it as well. They're shagging, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Spoiler. Um, at Gladden Don Tiny says, I love this question and I thought about it for ages. If you could make an album in the vein of Slash's self-titled of an artist doing a collaboration with different artists on different tracks, who would it be and who would you like to see guest on it? So basically, if someone could do a solo album and bring loads of their mates in, who would you have? Would you like me to go first? You're yeah, looking at on. me. Okay. There were people that I thought about, like I thought about Mike Patton, for example. Yes. Who's collaborated with a bunch of people. Um... And, you know, some more obvious ones. But in the end, I went for something slightly different, which is Mario Duplantier making Mm. a horror album. What? Wow, okay. (laughs) Because I thought it would be really cool, because Mario writes a lot of Gajira's music. He's exceptionally talented. I was thinking, obviously, the Slash album, you know, he's the guitarist in the band. He's not Axl Rose. I'm thinking of different members, i.e. non-front people. And he hangs around with a lot of people he seems like he gets on with a ton of other musicians well and we used to talk about him doing evil Mario on his Instagram where he would kill people 
So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if Evil Mario wrote a really awesome horror metal album? Wow. I would listen to it. Yeah. Who would you have on it? So obviously Joe Duplantier, because it's cool when people have their like bandmates. I've done the exact same thing with mine. When you're just like, it's a solo album, but I want the other members on there as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just cool. It's like, you know, the recent one... um, Mark Morton did one and Randy was on one of the yeah, songs. Yeah, exactly. It's just cool. Yeah. So, like, obviously get Joe on them. And then I was thinking of horror-y type people who might go well with Mario's music. So I thought of Corpse Grinder. Nice. Danzig. Oh, interesting. Danny Filth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was thinking, you know, of, like, vocalists whose vocals would just sound cool and spooky. So I went with Chelsea Wolfe. Oh, yeah, that would be... Oh, wow. I can't even imagine how her, she would sound on a Gajira riff. That'd be wicked. And then I went with Chino, because he's really good at just doing that yeah. creepy vocals. Had one of the best guest spots in years on that Lama God track a couple of years ago, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I thought, funnily enough, we're just talking about Michael Ackerfeld, so maybe it was because that was in my mind, but I was thinking he'd be really good if he could do the extreme stuff. I'd love to hear him doing that on this. Mm-hmm. And then I just picked some of my favourite vocalists to sort of shove on the end. So I chose Marilyn Manson, Jonathan Davis and Corey Taylor because I thought they'd all just be good, solid shouts. They've all guested with people before. They would get what the vibe was. They'd be into the Marilyn Manson on a Joe Duplantier. Mario Duplantier. Sorry, Mario Duplantier. Oh, fuck, it's crazy. Yeah, so I would just really love to see that. And because Mario's... Hold on, because Mario's drummer. He's a drummer, yeah. So it's his It's his album? Yeah. Right, okay, cool. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, so, yeah, I see what, I see the angle you've come in here. Right? Yeah, so he's not the front man, so I'm thinking if somebody's not a front man of a band, I'm not evil Mario making horror that album. Yeah, but Mario's yeah. also just really visually talented as well. He's had an art exhibition, Ver Le Cosmos. He's designed things on drum heads before he's just good visually as well so I reckon a horror album buff drumming with his top off that's a statement from you and not (laughs) (laughs) and I I own that statement as well by the way good and then yeah so I think he'd do like some really awesome illustrations for this record as well awesome and it'd just be a really nice package to just get and be like yeah cool Mojo Plenty horror album and maybe for you, there could be an insert where he was topless drumming. <laughs> and he could, be, he could be drumming while ghosts were coming out of his drumsticks. Drumming with, like, bones. Yeah. On heads. And there'd all be these spirits and things, like, yeah. going out. I'm into it. Can you go and do this so that we can do a feature on it? Thanks, Mario, for I listening. really, really want it to happen. I'd be well into that. Wow. <laughs> Alice, you got one? Um, I do. I've had to think about it, but I found this really difficult because there's too many people right. that I'd want to do and. Um, I thought of Mike Patton as well, but I didn't, nice. didn't go with him because he's done just so many projects. Um, so I decided to pick a singer okay. who um, who is Lou Dorian because he's one oh, of my wow. favorites. And he's really... A doom icon. Yeah, he, he can do... Well, he was in Napalm Death as well, so he can do sort of screamy kind of vocals and also more clean course, vocals yeah. like in Cathedral. So um, he's quite versatile. Um, and then, who did I think of for him to collaborate with? Um, okay, so I started with um, someone who's a bit more like Doomy and he could do sort of more cathedral kind of stuff or like Black Sabbath kind of stuff with. Um, so like Zach Wild. 
nice. for example. Well, that'd be interesting. It would be interesting, I think. Um, but then he could probably do something, because he was around in, obviously, the 90s with Cathedral. Um, I think he could do something a little bit different as well. So I put down um, Les Claypool as well. Oh, wow. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Cool. I think it would be weird, but cool. Um, and who else have I got? Um, These are great answers. I also thought maybe he could do something with Tommy Iommi, which I think he's done anyway. I think he's been on. I think I think they know each other, but so I'm this sure is they like, would. Yeah. So this is like more realistic. <laughs> um, and who else have I got? Um, I put down Tom Morello as well, just because I like him. I mm, yeah, I don't know what that would sound like. I, yeah, that sound bonks. <laughs> but Absolutely I feel like bronx. it could happen. I feel like he could kind of collaborate with anyone. So I just picked some of my favourites. I think that was a swell choice. He was actually <laughs> one of the special guests on mine. Um, really? Who is one of the... Spe- my main person is one of the special guests on yours. Um, kind of a predictable choice, but I'd love to hear Tony Iommi do a modern um, solo album. Uh, I just think based on 13 by Black Sabbath and the Heaven and Hell album which is now actually 10 years old amazingly um, but it's still kind of you know one of his more recent efforts I still think he's someone that just I believe has plenty left in the tank when it comes to great riffs um, and not just great riffs but the thing that I love about Iomi is just his melodies as well are so gorgeous and heartfelt um, so I think there's loads to play with there but so, he's already done this he has done this, but I want him to do it again with my choices. Right, okay. <laughs> so I would have, I would have, uh, I would have, was Halford on the last one? I think he has been on one of them. I'm just looking up his albums now because it's got some such amazing songs on them. It has, yeah. Goodbye Lay Moment, that one with Dave Grohl. Yeah, Goodbye, I thought about Dave Grohl, but then I remember they'd already done so stuff together. Good. So I thought, no. Um, oh, yeah. What was the other one he did? Grace, that song he did, Grace was amazing. Are you looking at the track listings now? I am as well, just to make sure I don't double over myself. I mean, you can double up. It's your album, so, you know, it's your dream album. Yeah, that, that had, like, Skin and Henry Rollins on it, and, and Salmo was on that, so thank you. And, uh, the, yeah, the only one who's out of these that I'd have on mine is Ozzy again, because I think you just got to do it. So I'd have Ozzy in there. Um, I would have a track with Bill Ward, and I suppose Geezer as well, because you can't really not have Geezer involved there, but I, I'd love to hear Bill Ward drumming, kind of relating to what we were talking about earlier with Ozzy's quite about Bill actually I'd just like to hear Bill drumming over um, I mean he risked one last time so I'd definitely have his in there I would totally have Rob Halford in there he's obviously stood in um, for Sabbath previously and stuff like that so I think he'd be a really obvious fit and then it's kind of a mixture of people that fit into the slightly doomier uh, kind of melancholic um, vibe but also people who are a bit outside the box as well so I've got Bill Avalo which I think is quite an obvious one that'd be cool um, mm-hmm. you know him very much influenced by Sabbath he's a massive Sabbath fan I'm sure he'd love to do that um, Christina Scabia from the Puna Coil I think, think her vocals would sound amazing over that um, I've got Kirk Hammett and James Hetfield but I'd want them on separate tracks because I'd want Hetfield for the vocals because I think the, the Sabra Cadabra slash National Acrobat cover on Garage Inc is one of my favourite things that have ever happened and I'd love to hear Hetfield singing over like proper actual Tony Iommi riffs um, and Kirk Hammett's kind of melodic leads I'd love to hear those playing around with Tony's I just think that sound amazing together and mm-hmm. um, I've got William Duvall and Jerry Cantrell from Alice oh, Chains great. I think that they're in the right ballpark musically and I'd love so to too. hear their, their vocal melodies over Iommi riffs I think would sound incredible 
Um, Lizzie Hale, because she would just absolutely crush it. Yeah, crush it, would. smash it. Um, she's done, obviously, amazing Dio covers before, and Dio has sung with Iomi before in various incarnations, so I think that would work. Um, and a, a couple of wild cards. I've got Cypress Hill, because I think that would sound cool, because they're a heavier and more kind of rock-friendly brand of hip-hop, so I think that would work. Um, and I just threw out there for a laugh Miley Cyrus because she was amazing at that Chris Cornell tribute a few weeks ago mm. and I'd be really interested to see her brought in for an actual proper heavy rock album so I think that would be good that'd I think mean, that's choice. cool I love those IAMI records one of them with Glenn Hughes and one of them was a solo one there's so many good songs on them yeah it's so really many. underrated they're just really catchy immediate good I think because songs. the whole Sabbath thing became very muddled when they reunited and then split and then reunited again and then reunited with Dio and then reunited properly but not with Bill Ward I think everything between uh, Dio's second stint with the band in the early 90s and the original line of getting back together is kind of swept under the carpet which is a shame like um, there's loads of good shit in there in that era if you want to have a little look around so go listen to that and then talk about it so that I meet goes and does it again <laughs> and gets all my suggested guests in cheers cheers well, how do we make our <laughs> dreams come true who knows um, someone else do Rob one. Lake asks if you could pick a band member to go into politics who would it be uh, so obviously it's going to be someone that you probably agree on a lot of stuff with but I think more than that it's got to be someone that you genuinely believe like cares about stuff I think it's fair to say isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. so Raul from Enter Jakari was the first yeah. guy that came into my head so obviously really very politically astute um, you know really turned on to what's going on in the world obviously cares a great deal about what's going on in the world and obviously uh, you know cares about you know looking after people and, and all that kind of stuff so I think that's important so he'd be quite good um and then maybe the she, the Sea Shepherd lads, so Gajira and Architects. <laughs> uh, mainly because I think, you know, it's probably fair to say the environment is quite a big thing. So It is, but then obviously Sea Shepherd are a bit controversial in what they do because they ram ships and things like that. So yeah. you well, have to decide whether that's for you or not. I'm not saying that <laughs> Sam and Co and Gajira would do that. I'm exactly. just saying they obviously are invested yes. in... Uh, the fate good, of the world it's a very very good point and so they'll probably bring that into their line of uh, thinking um, I'm just trying to think of people who, aren't, who I don't necessarily align with who are very, very opinionated I I'd be interested to see what Zoltan Bathory would do as a politician because he's a man that seems to have quite strong views on certain he stuff he does not that I necessarily agree with him but no I know what you mean I'd though, be interested to see what he would do if he was actually he's also in got the, this attitude when he talks of like getting shit done it's like if he wants something done he's just going to get it done it's yeah. like and again I'm not saying I completely agree with everything he's ever said but he seems like a really sort of no nonsense breaking down the bullshit kind of person that just would mm. make stuff happen whether or not it was stuff that you personally wanted yeah not definitely. just going to sit around and do nothing definitely I thought of Larissa from Venom Prison because she's so outspoken oh, yeah. and in these times you might need somebody who'll just go and you know, speak their truth. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't have to agree with them, but somebody will just get up and say stuff. Not really heard her say much that I've had an issue with personally, but oh, you know. there you go. That's good then. Isn't Some it? people might, rule. but that's politics, isn't it? <laughs> Alice, have you got any? 
Um, I couldn't really think of many in the realms of specific metal, but um, I the first one that came to mind was Henry Rollins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he almost feels like he is in politics just because of what yeah. <laughs> half his spoken word shows are like. So, yeah. Exactly. That would definitely work. I'm sure he'd be very opinionated. I guess you just want people that you feel are fighting the fight you believe in and would get shit done. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. Metal for politics. Hooray. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I can see if, if all metal personalities went into politics, I could see that being quite a testy atmosphere across the scene, to be honest. I think it would so be. Maybe not. Well, I don't know. Let's do another question. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yes. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> um, so TJ Crazy Chemist said, um, our kiss on li- line, kiss... Sorry, it's so uh, tagged. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're on Slayer. Twitter. And Slayer really on their final tour. Who's more likely to do a comeback tour? My money's on Kiss with other members, but maybe Slayer with another screamer. I so what do we think? <laughs> Kiss are more likely to do another one, just because Kiss could be any incarnation but have the Kiss logo on. I know we talked about this before, but you could... Well, Gene Simmons has very can, specifically said that this could happen. You could, Yeah, you can roll out other versions of Kiss, so... And I think Slayer are done because they've said that they're done and they've sort of seemed to be keeping, you know, they're not coming out and talking to everybody all over the internet. They've kept quite quiet and just gone and toured. So Yeah, they're not doing any press on it. I mean, I don't mean this cynically because I think great bands deserve to make money, but I'd be hard pushed to believe that if in like five years time if someone offered them a massive amount of money to just go well, big one off show you know blah 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 that they really would just not even consider it you know there's still the idea that maybe Lombardo could come back for a gig at some point or something like there's loads of stuff they could do um, I don't know I, I think never say never is just really a thing in music just a thing for life. It is. Well, post Guns and Roses, I think nothing's off the table. That's my mm-hmm. general attitude now. But I would be very surprised if this current Kiss World Tour means we literally never see anything Kiss related on a stage again. So that's just not what they're about. Uh, on a kind of slightly different tangent with old school bands, uh, Marco has said um, he's picking up the new Diamond Head album. A few people are picking up this album. Um, New Diamond Head, he says, old school bands releasing some of their best work 40 years after their debut. Is this good, bad, or just life? I think it's just life. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the point he's making is that uh, bands that maybe might have dropped the ball at numerous points over the years are taking decades to release some of their career best work. Um, is that... What are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, Marco, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> that wasn't directed to Marco. I think that is just how it is, though, isn't it? It's They've got so much behind them now that, like, they've refined things, I guess. They've grown up. There's going to be loads of factors like that mm. where it is just, it's life. Yeah, I think so. I mean, what the bottom line is, if it's good music, hooray, that's great. Um mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of... Back, I don't know why they're the first band that came to mind, but I just thought of Testament, because to me, their career has been mostly a sandwich where the bread on either side is the best bit. <laughs> like, I think uh, Formation of Damnation is maybe even my favourite Testament album, and I've really liked the stuff they've done since then. Um, 
and that kind of lit a real fire under them and I think made them bigger than they've probably ever been in in metal I wasn't sure where we were going with that whole bread thing but now I see <laughs> <laughs> yeah like basically I'm not it's like early stuff brilliant and latter stuff brilliant I can give or take a lot of the mids but I think it's nice as well when it happens because it does it can get new people into it as well like I never gave a shit about Testament but then I saw them a few times like in the in the last five years I've seen them a few times and I've really enjoyed them so I think it can help a band's longevity in a sense as well if people then get into them who weren't or what am I talking about that's what I'm talking about yeah yeah I agree I think that's fair enough I mean Diamond Heads uh, one of the seminal bands of the new age of um, new wave of British heavy metal like no Diamond Head no Metallica like go ask Lars Ulrich who his favourite band is you know Um, so if they're now releasing great work again good good for them I hope it gets them some good tours and you know they carry on being a vitally iconic metal band. <laughs> yeah? That works for me. Take your sight, you just switched off because I'm talking about Diamond Head. <laughs> no, that's mean. Don't look at me. Um, Scott says, which British metal artist would you like to see on the Great British Bake Off? I'll you... put two down. Go on then. Danny Filth. Yeah, I agree. Because he'd just twat around, wouldn't he? Yeah, but that's what you want. Really. No, I know. I'm just. It wasn't negative. <laughs> it was just a statement. He would just twat around. I I don't. He'd be know a good personality. Metal people are good there. cooks, so <laughs> or bakers. Sorry. So he just had to go on personality. Yeah, exactly. Here's the other one. Uh, Danny Warsnot. Yeah, he would also just twat around. <laughs> it would just be chaos. It would be absolute chaos. He'd probably burn his hand off or something. Just pouring whiskey in the trifle. Just going well, mental. I think he's sober now. Is he? Yeah. And I take that back. Pouring water in the <laughs> trifle then. Uh, well, the only one I can think of offhand is Mr. Lordy, because they had the Rockterons. Lordy had the Rockterons. They had the Rockterons. We've talked about this. They had the Rockterons, which was a Lordy restaurant, which had like Lordy oh, burgers right, and fries okay, yeah. and things. So he's obviously got some experience. It's closed now, but he's obviously got some experience. So I picked him. Good for him. And there was a heavy metal cookbook a few years back as well, which I had, but I can't remember which artists were in it. There was. I mean, I will say Mr. Lordy's not British, but... Oh. Mm. You know, <laughs> sure. I missed the beginning... Literally one Eurovision for Finland, so... I missed the beginning of that question. Oh, it has to be a British metal artist. Yes. Oh. Ozzy. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. That'd be good. That'd be That'd fun. That would be very fun. I bet you got makes a mean flan. <laughs> Bury tomorrow because of man on fire. Because fire's involved in cooking. Flan on fire? F- yeah. They can make a flan on fire. <laughs> no. Well, um, it could happen. It could happen. I, yeah, that'll do me. That's my answer then. Okay. Any, any uh, improvement on Danny Phil, Danny What's Not... Ozzy Danny Winterbase and all of Berry tomorrow <laughs> what a programme that would be Danny oh, yeah, three Danny Filth and Danny Winterbase three Dannys oh, she's making side project Danny Winterbakes oh fucking hell <laughs> so, <laughs> so annoyed I didn't think of that first. Danny Winterbakes with his flan on fire oh fuck <laughs> let's get out of here at the flan on fire. we got one more question we're about to make a dream come true Chris Wilde asks, what do I have to do to get a question read out on the podcast? That. Uh, That is it (laughs) this week. 
Thank you for joining us. Don't forget that the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out now. It is a special edition issue dedicated to the year that metal changed forever and went fucking nuts. 1994. Uh, Machine Head are on the cover. There's a free Machine Head patch in there. There's a poster pack. Loads of stuff involving the likes of Metallica, Bruce Dickinson, Marilyn Manson, Korn, Nine Inch Nails, all sorts of stuff. Uh, it was an amazing year and we do a deep dive on it, as the kids say, I think, maybe. That is out right now. There's also that new Deezer stuff we've got going on. Head over to metalhammer.com to read all about that. Yeah, there's that. a Deezer podcast with Devin Townsend on there. Yeah, that's good. Elle did that. Very Thanks. exciting. Um, next week, we will be reviewing All Points East. We will. Elle and I go into... Um, uh, what's, I think it's going to be quite an interesting experiment, I would say, for the mm-hmm. festival scene. It's kind of heavy music being given a chance to take over a day of a mainstream festival. Yes, yeah, five-day festival happening over two weekends. Basically. Other days are headlined by people like Chemical Brothers, yeah. um, Christine and the Queens, Boniva. Yeah. Um, and yeah, bring me a headline in. It's not, it's not just them that's heavy. There's Architects, While She Sleeps, Employed to Serve, Scarlord are on there. Health. Health, yeah. God, we love that band. Maybe we'll talk a bit about them next week. Yeah. But Al got me into them. They're amazing. Um, do you think this is kind of a... I don't want to say a make or break, but do you think this is a really important gig for Broomy? Because everyone's been asking if they're going to headline Reading or Download for about five or six years And now, now. This, is, this is what they're headlining. And now they've been given a slightly yeah. different swing at it. I yeah, say. no, I think it's going to be really interesting. And just like you said as well, to see how it all goes down, having an alternative day of a five-day mainstream festival, what the attendance is like, what the vibe is like. In my head, it's sort of going to look like Reading and Leeds, but in London, I don't know if that's, you mm. know, obviously in a smaller scale because it's a festival where people go for the day and don't stay overnight. Sure. It's in a park in the centre of town. But I kind of feel like it will be that sort of a crowd, that yeah, sort of an atmosphere. So I don't know. We'll so. see, won't we? I mean, the, the lineup they've got together is is almost critically bulletproof. You know what I mean? Like, whilst yeah. Steve's employed to serve architects, uh, as you said, health. They've got kind of slightly more mainstream friendly stuff like Yanaka and Alice Glass and all that kind of stuff. They've got Run the Jewels on there, which which have already proved that they belong on, on rock stages. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't see any any hole in that lineup they put together. So and I can't I mean, imagine anyone being shit either. No, we'll exactly. See. That's we'll kind of what I mean. Really, it's, <laughs> it, I can't, it just feels like it's uh, it's an easy win in terms of performances on the day and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. just whether it's a case of build it and they will come, or um, I don't know. Have people already that are into heavy music? spent their money on download and Metallica and all this other stuff that's going on this year I don't know it'll be interesting to see I'm also going to Berlin to see Tool just oh of course you are just for a holiday shit yeah not for any particular Metal Hammer business well, just for you, a laugh will you still review it on the podcast next week I guess I can do hooray <laughs> so yeah we'll be do, we'll be uh, reviewing uh, All Points East um, as you said potentially vital gig for Bringing the Horizon at Al. Uh, and I will be reviewing Tool in Berlin, did you say? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, it should be good. You won't get that anywhere else. We'll be here next week for that. See you then, everybody. See you. Bye. Goodbye.